Hey everybody, it's Jukebox, and you're listening to the Maritime Milsim Podcast, brought to you by Tier 1 Scenarios, Rap 4 Canada, Jester's Tactical Sports Center, and Unanistan 3D Print and Cut. This week, the boys talk with Grand Bod Bale, the owner and operator of the Armagillo Paintball Clothing Company, which specializes in performance gear and streetwear. Alright, welcome to episode 48 of the Maritime Milsim Podcast. I'm the host, Hooligan. I've got uh, no friend and teammates on... <laughs> That just I, that throws me right. I love off. that. I love that because you're like, I have friend and teammate with me, so and so, and friend and teammate, so and so, and Jester from Jester's Tactical. Well, I can like, get rid of like that. I'm just I'm a completely different entity. I have like I'm not even in the friend zone of this relationship. No, I'm just that's because you're more important to me. That's why I haven't friend zoned you. Oh, <laughs> right. Said yeah. See, See what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> so with that introduction, we have Jester for Jester's Tactical Sports Center. Oh, that wasn't rehearsal? Okay, sorry. No, this is, we're live, buddy. Well, we're live now. We're as live as we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a guest tonight, too, don't we? We, we do. We it's have a guest. It's his second appearance on the show, but first time... Wait. Making mm, it to the air. <laughs> first, Yeah. Second time caller, first time on the air. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have Graham from... Uh, Armagillo. <laughs> Armagillo. From that really cool place that I just can't remember the name of right now, but right. they make wicked gear. Uh, from that place that does the thing, uh, Armagillo Paintball. Hey, yeah. great to be again. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, it's great to have you again. Um, so, Graham, why don't you start off? Why don't you uh, explain as best you can what Armagillo is? Okay. If, if you've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. If you know what it is, because apparently we don't. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Uh, so Armagillo is a specifically a paintball headwear and performance apparel company. Uh, I also do casual and uh, street apparel, and it's just about the lifestyle of paintball, the lifestyle of you know getting out there, doing something different, and having fun. Woo! Excellent. Yeah. So. Uh, you, you do make some pretty awesome stuff, and the Thank fact you. that it's not all just paintball related. The fact that you've got hats, beanies, which I'm not currently ordering, because <laughs> uh, they're sold out of the green one, so I have no interest now. Oh, what? what? Well, order a black one. Wait, wait, no. wait. Oh, which the performance beanie? Yeah. What's a, there's a performance uh, beanie. Oh, sport. Yeah, because you got the the knit beanies as well for the winter. Yeah. Yeah. The performance one of them deluxe. This this guy's a high performance machine, okay? So mm-hmm. I have to wear performance gear. It's uh, the law. Ah, uh, makes sense. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I, I will be bringing a green one back. It was a very popular color. So just be patient. This could hide better. Goes better with the cat pet. No, no, oh. it's not that type of green. <laughs> no, it's it's lime emerald green. It's awesome. Well, then I want one then. No, you can't have one. You're too short. That's fine. All right. I want that deluxe beanie. <laughs> you should be taking orders right now. Just writing this yeah. stuff down. I'm going to I'm gonna list off everything on the website I want. Yeah, the deluxe beanie. The black one's been sold out twice already this this uh, season. Yeah. That's pretty go. awesome. But I got more in stock right now. So if you want one, don't slack. <laughs> <laughs> right, can you start so here, they're, like, they're literally, literally flying off the shelves. Well, not literally, but yes. No, you don't have like some kid just whipping them off the shelf into boxes. Well, they fly off my desk on into a box. Okay. So they're magical beanies too. They come with a little extra magic, yep. 
Nice. I'm a little can, worried about what that would be. Can't guarantee whether it's good magic or bad magic, or whether it'll work. Well, when did or you add the banner? It's in there. It's just neutral magic. Uh, we've always had the banner, but again, we sold out for a little while. Uh, but it's it's back. Sweet. Yeah, it's yeah, a I'm nice actually... nice banner. It's um it's made on polyester fabric, so it folds up real tight, and you can just stick it in your pocket and go off to the game. Wear that sucker like a cape. Wait, yeah, some people. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Raza does. He, he he uses his as a sleeping bag. <laughs> Just curl up. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> okay, well, um, I'm gonna stop now that, from the website because I'm gonna lose train of thought real quick. He's yeah, he's drowned himself in drool there. <laughs> a little bit, right? You're just gonna hear it all over the mic. Um, <laughs> so let's start off. Why did you start Armagillo? So what was the point of, or the reason for it? Well, uh, originally I had one of those, like most uh, beginners have, the JT uh, Shield masks. <laughs> the, that $40 one. I know they got a nicer one, but uh, I had that $40 one. And I thought, hey, I'm good, you know, this, this is going to protect my head. And I took a couple shots and it stung like a bitch. <laughs> yeah, okay. For, so, for some <laughs> reason, you know, like that plastic maybe is too close to your head or something, but it, it hurt. And, uh, more than that, it was, it was really heavy and hot and fogged up all the time. So I wanted a better mask. And as soon as I started looking for better masks, I realized none of them had forehead protection. And, uh, I have a relatively big forehead. So I didn't want to be walking around with a, a big bruise on my forehead. So I had to look for options for head protection. And I tried a bunch of products on the market, uh, your traditional ones, your not traditional ones. And, it, it always, it just hurt. It kept hurting. Um, it was either it hurt too much or it was too hot or the, the balls broke too easily on it, like a fast helm. And so I, I eventually I said, screw it. I'm going to make something that does what I want it to do. And, and that's it. I, I wore it to the field a couple times. I got a lot of good comments on it. So I, I figured out, okay, I'll make a couple of these. Maybe I can, uh, sell them and, and, afford to play a bit more paintball and it, it just sort of took off and I just kept rolling with it just continually try to improve the product and I've always been a, uh, a guy who likes to to market and brand and advertise I'm, I'm on the more creative side I, I'm not a fan of numbers and and all the paperwork so <laughs> I, I I just moved with that you know that's why I introduced the, the hats the beanies the uh, Shirts, just having fun with it. Cool. So you just nothing worked. If you want done something done, was it? You want something done right? You gotta do it yourself. Is that yeah, basically exactly. it? Yeah, yeah. It's not just a saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a way of life. <laughs> not uh, the first time we've had to do something like that. No. What was the other times? Come on now. Don't hold back on details. Oh no, that stuff's classified. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too personal there. Oh, uh, okay. Never mind. I think a joke went over my head there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Whee! Um, again, it's one of those nights that I'm on a lot of caffeine, so I'm going to lose track of my uh, my train of thought real quick. So, Nate, you're going to have to keep me on. Okay. So, when you uh, had good reviews of people saying, hey, that looks pretty cool, you saw the opportunity to not make a fortune, but actually make more money to pay for your paintball experiences that's right so, I, yeah. I i looked at it and i said okay because at the time i was hand cutting each 
armadillo. Uh, luckily, I had someone to sew for me. Uh, it's pretty easy to find a, a good, a decent seamstress in most areas. But uh, there was a lot of cutting involved. I had to source the fabric. So it, there was a lot of work that went into each uh, original armadillo. It took a lot of time out of my day. So I wasn't planning on selling a whole lot. But I figured, okay, you know, if I can sell one a week, then that'll pay for a case of paint or or two cases of paint and I can break even on my on my paintball experience and maybe upgrade my marker from the spider extra that I had. Nice. And yeah, so that's where I went. But at the same time, I'm a guy who I can I like to hear criticism as far as the constructive as as far as constructive criticism goes. Uh, but nobody really likes to hear too much criticism. So every time I heard criticism, I went straight back to the the product and I addressed that issue. Okay. And so I I still do that too today. I, I look and I see the feedback and I see what people are saying and and the little things that only I notice that I don't like either. And I go back and I, I look at ways to improve that and to to eventually create a product that is hopefully flawless. <laughs> As impossible as that sounds, but uh, that's the goal, right? Is to continually improve on it, and you, you only do that by listening to the players. Absolutely. Well, that all. That's what I'm gonna say. I mean, Armadillo is where it is because of the players. Uh, like a lot of the stuff that that I do, and a lot of the improvements that I've made have been as a result of direct feedback from uh, the Armadillo fan base and some of the haters. Oh, you need the haters. The haters are the honest ones. Well, no, no, it's true. true. Not always the honest ones. They're just people that give you a different perspective. You know what? Educated haters are useful. Yes. I like that. Educated haters. Unfortunately, there's not enough of them because then progress would be great if there were more educated haters. Oh, for sure. Uh, I always have trouble with, uh, even with this podcast when people are like, oh, it's great. And I'm like, no, no, no. What, what should I do better? No, nothing. Shut up! Don't tell me that. I want to... <laughs> see, you see, <laughs> something can be improved. What is needs to be? Yeah, sometimes it's hard to hear though, but because you you put a lot of passion into what you do, I put a lot of passion into what I do. You know, it's not just something that it's not like a it's not like a job where you go into work, you put in your hours, and you leave. It's you go to bed thinking about the, the product, you wake up thinking about it, you it, you put your heart and soul into what you do. So when you do, when you hear criticism, you really want to take, you know, make a constructive effort to try and address that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And ultimately create something that makes the sport more enjoyable for people. Hell yeah! Nobody likes having you know that really awkward hickey on the forehead. You got to explain to everyone at work. Exactly. eh? (laughs) I I always say it's it's paintball's fun. Getting shot, you know. Feeling the pain, that's all part of the sport, but there's nothing fun about taking a point-blank shot to the forehead. I don't care who you are. No. Nope. Uh, no, that was one of my first hits on my first game was point-blank to the back of the head. Yeah, oh. yeah. you yeah. see, that sort of thing. And I, I used to get on the top of my head a lot, especially when you got bunkered, right? Your instinct is to is to immediately uh, tuck your chin, and you take it right off yeah. the top of the head, and <laughs> yeah. man, it hurts. Yeah. So, I mean, the Armagillo, I li- another thing I like about it is, like, you've got the, the headband and the dreads in there, so your forehead really does have a lot of padding. But the top of your head and the sides of your head, there's just enough padding there that you can get a bounce. Uh, it's not going to leave a huge welt. It's not going to leave a lump. But you're still going to feel the impact to a point where it's fun. 
well, what's the fun of paintball if there's not just that little bit of pain? Exactly. So you're still there. You still know you got shot. You're not walking around like you have a fast time and people say, hey, buddy, you got a break on your head. Oh, shit. I mean, that, I guess it could happen, but. No, that never happens. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's another thing that I like about it. And, and that's why I would never go to the extreme where you don't feel anything. I mean, come on. We're playing paintball here. Exactly. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at my list of questions here. Uh, where do the ideas come from? So where do the colors and the designs and all that come from? Is that just from you or do you have like a team of, of people <laughs> locked away somewhere? Uh, my team is the paintball community. Uh, but I, I draw a lot of inspiration from online. Uh, I look at a lot of different industries. I look at uh, the real steel industry for, uh, see what things are do, what people are doing there. That's how I got the barrel blocker idea there, that suppressor wrap barrel blocker. That came directly from the real steel, uh, community. Uh, for colors and products, I'll, I'll look right across into other genres like the watch industry and, uh, the, the hat industry and look at the guys who are really, you know, making moves, doing impressive things, doing unique things. And then I try and bring that across to my brand. Uh, cause it, the, the bottom line is if you think you know it all, then you're going to fail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gotta look for it that like- and, and look for the people who are doing impressive things and see how you can bring that to your, uh, your, your product and your industry. Yeah, because it sounds like you approach your products as living entities that need to be educated, improved, and and brought up into the world, kind of like children. So they're always improving and always getting better to that ultimate perfection. Because as a parent, you raise your kid hoping and, and trying to instill things into them. So you're coming to your product. And this is what I'm hearing from your passion about your product is that you're raising this to be, like you said earlier, flawless someday, hopefully. Yeah, well, I mean, you never achieve that, but it's always a goal you should try to go towards, right? You fall short of perfection, you're landing somewhere pretty good. Yeah, shoot for the stars, land on Mars. That's right. <laughs> don't know if that's a good place to land, but yes. Uh, they found that's water, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Damon survived there, so it should be fine. Right, exactly. The base is still there. It's it's all good. I don't yeah, know, I haven't seen the good. movie. I don't know really what Actually, happens. You know, on my uh, Beast collection, that was one that uh, I took a lot of inspiration for different colors from different areas. And I recently put a page up specifically for the Beast collection with a little uh, interesting information about each of the headbands. And, uh, for instance, there's the Prestige headband, which is the red and tan headband. And that one was uh, inspired by... Among other things, the uh, Ferrari, I think it's the Ferrari 598. I mean, I'm not in the market for a Ferrari, but... No, not yet. Yeah, red and tan Ferrari. (laughs) If you look at that car and you look at the headband, you'll see it right away. And that's a good example of of where uh, some of the color combination inspiration comes from for some of these things. Nice. That's cool. So you're just sort of like browsing the internet or you're... I don't know if you're in a town that has Ferraris regularly. No, but. no. Well, I, I follow a lot of companies on Instagram. That's I found has been a great tool for uh, inspiration because you you just get the product glamour shot, and then it's done. I mean, there's no filler. 
Uh, you follow the right companies, all you'll see is cool stuff coming down, and and one of them is going to catch your eye and say, "Hey, that's that's pretty cool. Like how they did that. I wonder if I can apply that to what I do. And is it something that the industry will think is cool as well? Because I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's cool, but it has no place in paintball. So it's it's finding that that nice uh, medium. Nice, wicked. That's a. I never thought of that. Well, I mean, I don't have to design anything, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I couldn't design. It would just all end up. I'd make and, like and three on, things, and and on that inspirational note, it's time. Oh Hobnob with Hooligan. We're doing it again, and it's with Graham from Armadillo. So I'm gonna go backwards this time because you did it last time. Did what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you play dumb. So. Graham, do you want me to count you in one, two, three, go, or three, two, one, go, or just three, two, one, or just go? Uh, just go. Just go? Yep. Okay, let's just make sure that uh, somebody's got his question sheet ready. Got it. All right. So, you understand the process. We're going to ask some questions, we being hooligan, me being the timer. Go! In one word, wire leaves green. Purple. <laughs> Apple, <laughs> apples, oranges, or melons? Apples. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? To regenerate. Would you rather be a leaf or a root? Leaf. If you could combine three animals in the world, what would you choose? A giraffe, a hippo, and a rhino. Tea or coffee? Coffee. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Baobab. <laughs> Favorite type of paint? Uh, graffiti. Drum mags, do they add or take away from the game? Add. Why is the sky blue? Because of the water. If you could have any armored vehicle on the field, what would it be? Tank. Favorite hot sauce? Pass. Which movie would you rather be in, Final Destination or Saw? Saw. Stranded on a tropical island, what, on, what one item do you take? A boat. <laughs> <laughs> Which way do you put the toilet paper on, over or under? Under. Blue, red, or yellow? Red. What's your favorite cheesy 80s movie? Terminator? If you could combine any three foods, what would you, what would they be? Uh, burger, pizza, and seafood. What's your favorite tactical accessory? Uh. I'm a Gillow Gear. Gillow Gloves. Favorite brand of pizza? Gino's. Ever done. He was 30 seconds over. And it was the roll of toilet paper question that was at the one minute mark. Ah, uh, it's tough. Uh, to get uh, yeah. There's some tricky it's, questions there. He was he was thirty seconds over last time too, so he didn't even improve. No, and then he he went from melons to apples this time. So yeah, I he's that. going he's yeah. going through something, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I couldn't with the remember tree, the questions to try and duplicate my stuff. It's how I feel today. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's based on right now, real time. Mm. <laughs> Stuck with the weird tree right though. now, like that. real time. What uh, brought you into the paintball world? Because you have a bit of a backstory that hooligans can kind of dancing around here. He doesn't want to ask those hard-hitting questions. He just wants what? to keep it fluffy here. So I I'm asked gonna, him last I'm, time. No, no, I'm going to say it right now. Graham, are you even Canadian? <laughs> <laughs> I am actually Canadian. Okay. I'm a Canadian citizen. Do you have a citizenship any other place, maybe, as well? I could. 
Yes, if but you, I don't if, currently. Okay. <laughs> I was originally from South Africa. Uh, immigrated here in December 1999. And I became a Canadian citizen a couple years later. And I uh, actually scored perfectly on the entry exam, which is one of the few exams in the world I've ever scored perfectly on. <laughs> which so, I was impressed with. So just being able to point out Canadian bacon, knowing what maple syrup is, and saying A with a toucan, you got 100% on that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Proud of you. Proud yeah. of you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's a hard one to pass. Not really. I love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> a? <laughs> so you you started, because you got here in 99, so you started paintballing actually in South Africa, not in Canada, correct? That's correct. What was it like, uh, Africa? Uh, wasn't bad. I mean, you had to figure out which was the real gun and which was the paintball gun. That's a good decision to make right away. Yeah. As long as you're not the one who figures that out, then you can continue playing. <laughs> <laughs> so you like draw straws? Uh, Is that who had to? It's much the same as here, but, uh, back then was obviously in the, in the nineties. And I'm not sure what paintball was like here in the nineties. But uh, when I went to, I mean, I went to a, a buddy's birthday party, as I think most of us did, and we went to this local field, which was a designated paintball field. But uh, there wasn't any building on the field, so the owner would show up with a truck, and he'd have the whole all the rentals inside the truck with the air and everything he needed for a game. And then you'd go out and you'd play on the the few fields that they had. Uh, they had a forest field. They had a Sort of an open grassy field with a with a big hill in the middle called uh, Hamburger Hill, and I think they had one other one. It wasn't a it wasn't particularly big, but it was a lot of fun. And then I got hooked, and I played a couple other fields in, in the country, uh, which were a lot uh, more developed than that one. But uh, obviously, you know, the one closest to your house is not always the the fanciest. Nope. Uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I tried the first uh, gun I ever played with was a pump, and I chopped everything that came out of it. So, so I, I nice. moved to the same. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so then I, yeah, I played a, quite a bit of paintball there. I mean, I wasn't into it. I didn't have a lot of time, and it was expensive. And I was in high school, so I'm. I'd get out to play every uh, every you know couple months. Okay. Then I came to Canada and I realized after having a job in Canada for uh, a year or so, I, I got reminded about paintball. I'm like, hey, I can actually afford paintball stuff now. So I got a buddy of mine and we went and started playing some indoor paintball. And I was, I enjoyed it, but I'm not a big fan of the, the indoor fields. They're dark. They were really messy. And yeah. I'd, I'd only experienced outdoor paintball. So I got a little discouraged and... My buddy sort of, uh, his life got busy, so he bailed out, and I ended up getting out of the paintball industry for, uh, I don't know, it was about four or five years, a long time. And then uh, I went for a bachelor party, and I got hooked all over again. Nice. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah, the indoor fields, nothing quite like putting your hand on the wall and then sliding off. <laughs> yeah, it's hit or miss with uh, indoor fields. Yeah. Well, the other problem was I was in retail, so I would go during the during the week, 
and there's never anybody there. So it's normally like six of you guys playing in the field. A couple times it was just one-on-one. So it's not the same experience. Yeah, it's, it's And then different. when you're running around with a spider extra or a rental, and you got the guys who live down the road from there, and they're, they know every corner, every shadow, it's, it becomes unpleasant. That's yeah, they, they, the they run the field. Yeah, that's why yeah. It's, it's critical to field owners to start uh, changing things up a little bit on their fields. Absolutely. Exactly. Besides, it's kind of, I don't know, I think yeah, it'd be like, boring playing the same field every day. Yep, yep. Yeah. Gotta change that shit up. There you go. Room for improvement, always. Yeah, keep it like Lego. Yep, like Lego. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. We should have a game where we can move, no, never mind. I was gonna say move the bunkers as we see fit, but then you just end up with like that one asshat who would just like surround himself completely by bunkers. Well, you could chain each bunker to a point, and then the bunker could only move so far. That's an idea. Mm. Yeah. Or you could build the boxes and crates and have predetermined uh, maps of what gets built so the enemy force doesn't get carried away. Hooligan! I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. They actually stay on track. Hooligan! Hey, hey. Hey. And they drop the spy uh, satellite where it's supposed to be. I I believe, uh, uh, what was it, Dusty Bottoms was the one who was supposed to be... Yeah. In charge of all that? Come on now. <laughs> yep. So um, we hosted a, a game there a couple weeks ago, uh, Graham, and Hooligan volunteered very happily and very um, boisterously to be on the Op 4. Yep. So he gets his briefing, told where everything's going to be, what's going to happen with the scenarios. Forgets and, it immediately. Yeah, yeah. Totally forgets it and starts attacking from one field over. <laughs> oh, yes. You're that guy. I am that yeah. guy. <laughs> I was following orders. Yeah. So that's what we tease him about. That's fine. Yeah. Tease me all you want. What uh what is one of the coolest team style events, missions, or uh events. scenario days you've been to? Hmm. I think that's long good. and hard that's, about this one. That's a good question. Um I mean yeah, I'm not sure. I mean they they all got their their appeal. There's a lot of well, would it be easier if I just said, give me two of your highlights from your paintball career? Highlights of my own personal highlights? Yeah. Yeah. You know those stories that you always tell people when people are like, is paintball any fun? And you'd be like, whoa, all right, sit down. We're story time now. Yeah. Well, well I'm, I, my favorite type of field and my favorite type of gameplay is, is to, uh, get into the, the woods and the, and the deep bush and, and uh and vanish and try and see how far behind enemy lines I can get before I start picking them off. Sometimes that works well, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> but, half the enemy team has the same idea. Exactly. But that's what I enjoy. Or I like to play uh smaller groups, so like uh five on five in a in more of a tactically built environment. Um so you can almost monitor the movement of the other team, but not quite. And that's that's pretty fun as well. Uh, probably one of my highlights. I mean, I, I feel like I have a lot, but I can't think of too many. One that, that comes to mind, I was playing, uh, at Soldiers of Fortune, which is a field in Hamilton. And I, there were probably six players left on the opposing team. We were playing on one of the open fields with built up, uh, buildings. And I ran out of paint 
and I did that classic, let's go running and try and bunker as many people as I can with an empty weapon. Oh, that was nice. every time. Every and time. I, I ended up clearing out the whole team with an empty marker. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I was pumped. <laughs> That's... Uh, the other times, I mean, every time I managed to get past the, the enemy lines and get right around back and start picking them off from, from their backs, every time that happens, it feels like a highlight. Nice. What is your most embarrassing moment in paintball? <laughs> oh, I got a lot of those too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time I walk off the field not being able to see out of my lens, I feel like, uh, like it's a little embarrassing. But I don't know. I've I've had it all. I've been I've been taken out by a, a ranter. I've been uh, fooled by somebody just walking up to me and patting me on the shoulder with their marker. Like it's it's all you know. You play the game. This is going to happen to you at some point. Yeah. yeah. But luckily, very little of that was ever on video. Oh, nice. Right back in the golden era before everyone had a GoPro strapped to their face. Yeah. <laughs> Every time it does get caught on video, I have to change my entire outfit. Yeah. That's why there's new uh, armadillo gear in different colors, eh? No, that wasn't me. No, no, I'm wearing this color now. Yeah, yeah. it's a different guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it, it's always uh, it's always fun when somebody comes back and they're just like, oh, I got a video of you doing something stupid. You're like, that's great. Well, a, a friend of ours. Uh, a mutual friend, oh, family for you, and well, he's a paintballer. I'm one of my sponsored paintballers. Uh, Nigel, aka Blitzkrieg, he posted one of his embarrassing moments uh, last week. Was it last week or the week before? I think it was last week, and that was less less embarrassing, more cringeworthy. It, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw it there, Graham, but uh, it's the one where we're all in the train, and he just comes running through to take the building and leads with his forehead, like you spoke about earlier. Oh, but, yeah. He led with his forehead against an inanimate object, the wall. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was rough. So he, uh, <laughs> luckily he was okay. He was able to come back and play in a bit. But yeah, he led with his uh, forehead, and I would recommend Armagillo gear to him for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I mean, Armagillo gear is, is fantastic for stopping those, those uh, projectiles from breaking on the forehead and hurting like hell. I don't know if it's going to stop a full-size train. No, it wasn't the train. It was the wooden wall. It was oh, right. it, was, <laughs> it was the wood paneling that he tried to put his head through. <laughs> and it was his GoPro that took the brunt of it, so he had a nice little GoPro mount uh, indentation on his forehead. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's an opportunity there for you, Graham, to beef up your Armagillo gear and maybe use it as a crash test uh, material. You know, there, there should be, like, Armagillo-branded motorcycle helmet. Keep those crash test dummies safe. Yeah, that that could be cool. <laughs> there you go. And the week before that, he wiped out on a on a uh, yes a tree a stump. stump. So arm an armadillo branded cup. <laughs> no armadillo branded real full body armor for this I think, guy. Yeah, I think he just needs to go and buy a, a riot suit. We just get hold of Aztec and be like, we need a spare suit. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Blitzkrieg. Yeah. Love I, I legitimately felt bad, too, because he slipped and fell, landed on a stump, killed over in pain, and then I shot him. <laughs> yeah. That was nice, yeah. That was nice, yeah. I know. I'm a fantastic guy, aren't I? I'm great. 
Um, so you said you like, uh, you prefer the tactical style of player out in the woods and all that. So what's your gear setup like? What are you, what are you running for gear? Uh, I have yes, two setups. Your... Um, I have a speed bowl setup and I have a, a woods bowl uh, mag fit setup. So, uh, depending on the field and the type of gameplay, I'll, I'll pick which setup I want to use. Uh, they both are a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I don't hate on either. Uh, if it's in the woods, uh, I'll use a cryptic camo and a TF3 vest, obviously a camouflage armadillo, and I have a camouflage grill mask, somewhat camouflage. And then my other setup is all black and white, and I have the zebra stripe grill with a black and white armadillo, or, or black armadillo. And I, I mean, I use the speedball marker more than the magfed, uh, because I, when I do get to play it, usually ends up being a really big game and, uh, I'd like to have the firepower. And then when I do walk on games or days when I have uh, a free day and I go play some paintball, I usually take the magfed marker and I find that it's, uh, it makes the challenge more, it makes it more challenging when you're uh, amongst walk on players. Oh, definitely. Yeah, obviously MagFit only games. Obviously, I'm gonna be rocking that. Now you bring the speedball marker for those, and you just you just start screaming. I'm the heavy support, running through the field. Yeah, no, I got a, I got a nice MagFit <laughs> marker. Set. I got that MaxTac TGR2. Yeah, buddy. I got it. Yes, TGR2. Nice. I mean, it's not the CQB model, but it's uh, somewhere in the middle, which is which I, way I like it. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, it does a great job, and and the other marker I have is the uh, Vulcan Proton, which uh, I bought at Living Legends. Wicked! I don't think there's one of those on the east coast of Canada. Uh, it's a nice marker. What the the Vulcan Proton? I have yet to see anyone use one. I mean, I haven't used a whole bunch of markers. I had a I had a Bob Long uh, for a little while, which was a wonderful marker, but it was more than I needed, more than. I was just worried I was gonna uh, do a core sample with it and it was gonna be done. And you'd cry. Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah. I'd just sit on the field and sob. Because that happens <laughs> to me all the time. I'm, I, like I said, I go running through the bushes and get in there real deep, so I'm falling on my face all the time. And I don't want to have my friggin' expensive marker being plowed into the mud. So I, I needed something that was toned down a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I bought that Vulcan Proton on sort of impulse because my marker jammed up on me, my other one, and I said, screw it, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm at Living Legends, I'm not going to be messing around in the tech booth. So I just went and bought the, the Vulcan, and I was very, very happy with it. And I've heard really good uh, feedback from people who have used a lot of the higher-end markers, saying that uh, it performs a lot better than its price point. So, I've heard the same thing. Uh, I'm very happy with it. Well, that's good. I'd like to try one. As long as you're happy. As long as you're happy, oh, everyone's would, happy. Would you like to try one? Who would like to try one? So that's that's a that's a hint hint for a bro date. When he's in the area, he wants you to show you. You know, he wants you to show him. Absolutely. Backups. Your gun. Induendo. Yeah. <laughs> now I have a question about your TGR too, because Julian named his Lucille. And my brother Dusty Bottoms there, he just got one that we were testing this week. That thing has got, I'm not going to lie, it's the uh, sweetest barrel I've fired through in a long time, other than the marksman barrel. So as a stock barrel and a marker, that TGR2, um, is yours a Mod 1 as well? 
Uh, I'm not actually sure. Okay. Uh, For this conversation, we'll pretend it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just makes things easier. Uh, just go with it. Yeah. Just yeah. Just just go with it. Um, that barrel is very sweetly. We fired first strike through it. We fired a few different paint and everything, and then we tried that barrel on a couple different markers just to see if it was the barrel because we're testing out some different ones as well. But that TGR two, that is a a, de- a well designed little machine workhorse. Like it's a nice little marker. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's it's never chopped paint on me. It's it doesn't jam. It. I mean, I mean, you always hear stories, and I'm sure some people get a get one that jams, or maybe they aren't maintaining something properly, or just like uh, the Vulcan protons. I mean, they're going to jam on you at some point too. Oh, anything but will jam. Mine personally. Care about has been flawless, so I'm I'm very happy with it. Well, it's funny. My my TGR2 was acted up for the first year I had it. Uh, every game, it would chop a ball or it would misfeed, misfire, something would go wrong. But then this season, I had no problems whatsoever. Like I, I don't know, maybe mine just had like a break-ins. You know what? There. Actually, when I when I originally got it, and it might have been my own fault because I I painted my marker. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the lower receiver was a bit. It wasn't great. Like the the mag wouldn't wouldn't clip in very easily, and even if I hit the mag, it sometimes it wouldn't clip properly. And then I decided that uh, it was my paint job was it was too much of my paint job, so I wanted to tone it back a bit. So I, I got a new lower receiver, uh, and that one just clipped perfectly. So, okay. I mean, the first one was a little sticky. The second one was great. It might have been the paint, but I didn't paint the inside, so I don't know. But yeah. uh, like I said, it's working flawlessly now. Yeah, mine had a few hiccups, but I don't know. It works great now. Mm-hmm. I still have it. I have a 468 yeah, that I'm trying to get rid of. but. Well, you, yeah, yeah you, you had problems with uh, Lucille at Hoth, and then I didn't see you working on it again at any other events, did I? I haven't had to. No. So, and then, like I said, Dusty Bonds, we were doing the testing the last two weeks, and he stripped that thing right apart. Oh, that's what it is. He was having trouble with the bolt right above where the shroud connects into the upper receiver. Mm-hmm. And he ended up stripping it. So he hasn't been able to get that off, which we're going to get <laughs> sorted this weekend because he doesn't have the, the right tool for it. Oh. But, uh, yeah, and then I, ripped his okay so he's my brother right so i hand him the marker and he's like oh this is really cool and he puts it on safe and he flips goes to flip it off but it won't come off safe because the way the tgr2 is is you got that little piece of thin metal inside that locks in and clips to the uh, fire selector lever so it's jammed so he hands it to me and i'm a bit of a big dumb hulk and only a little bit yeah just a touch <laughs> so i gave it a little force heard a click Handed it back to him. He takes it in his hands. He's like, oh. Nope. Oh, great. And the lever, fire, fire selector lever just kind of wobbles and just, <laughs> it's like, like a, a broken tree branch hanging off the side. So his safety is, um, there? <laughs> it's, it's, it's there. It's I, there. You know, Did I, you ever, I found that, uh, my knuckle would touch the, uh, the safety, because the safety switch is on both sides of the, the receiver. Yeah. And it is ambidextrous, yeah. Yeah, and it has that, uh, the big fin that I guess is 
makes it easy to uh, flip it up and down. But I found that uh, while I was out there playing, my knuckle would at some point just bump that just enough that the safety would go on. So I, I ended up cutting that piece off. Okay. The, 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 cut the fiddle from that side. That was the only thing is I didn't like how that uh, the safety was like that. But it was pretty easy to fix or destroy, whichever you want to say. <laughs> yeah, that like 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 what I did for him. I fixed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a brilliant little marker. Um, the mags, he just we just loaded them up. No change in a fiddle farting around with uh, first striker paint. I I like how the springs. Are preset for your FPS. I love that. Is that. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I've, some people like it, some people hate it. Um, I've liked it so far. It, it makes. It I I unfortunately have cut all my springs down because I was uh, <laughs> I kept having the FPS going funny, so I had to grab another spring and cut it and keep going and going. Well, turns out it's my valve is shot, <laughs> oh. and now I need all new springs to replace the ones I've destroyed. Oh man! <laughs> oh well, springs are cheap. Yes. So, not a big deal. But the fact that it's just like, oh, FP, you know, it's a hot summer day. I'll put this spring in. It's a cold winter day. I'll put this spring in. It's yeah. No fiddling around with it. No nothing. But you know what? What I want to try is that new uh, Hades barrel of theirs. I yes. didn't get to use it, but I got to like look at it and handle it at uh, Operation Fulcrum. Which don't worry, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> um, it is a really cool design. It's fantastic. And it's a really sharp-looking barrel, too. Yeah, i got to try it out. I haven't shot it yet, but I've heard only good things. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i looking at doing some conversion, uh, turning the TGR2 into more of like a, a long-range marker, so uh, I, I want the Hades barrel to go on there. Well, you know what? It's that terrible time of the year where the weather gets colder and we can't get out as often as we want, and we end up spending all the money on payball gear. Right, because you're yes. just like, hmm, I'll just check yeah. to see if there's any sales. And you're like, oh, Black Friday sale. <laughs> yeah, Order therapeutic everything. uh re- retail therapy, right? Cause you Absolutely. Build- you know what? It's, it's worse in other countries, too. I had a guy from, I think it was Sweden or somewhere up there in the, the cold uh, European countries. And he, he wanted to buy a whole bunch of Armagillo gear, and he ended up buying a whole bunch of Armagillo gear. But he said, I'm not playing. I'm not going to get to play for another four months because oh, there's games in the winter at this point. It's like, you're buying stuff four months in advance? <laughs> like, that's what he does. Buys well, that's, here during the that season. makes sense, though, because your products, they go quick. Mm. So, yeah, there's no waiting yeah. around for it. Yeah, when it's there, buy it, because it ain't going to be there long. Not that you're going out of business, but you sell so much. Yeah, Going out of business sale. No, no, that's not what we're saying. It's not what we're saying, Hooligan. Come on. Yeah, some items we get small batches, and other items we get... Like, there are some items, uh, like the black inserts, for instance, that'll guarantee that'll be a bottomless supply. But they do, sometimes they're over-ordered, so they, they become uh, back-ordered and you end up having to... Now, when that happens, we put a notice on the website. But uh, we've had it once before where it was a two-week back-order on them. Okay. Uh, but it's not a product that's ever vanished. Whereas other products, like some of our insert colors, there's no guarantee that we'll keep white forever, for instance. So, so, you know. so those that like white, uh, get on it. Well, hopefully we'll keep white. It's been a good good one for us, but uh, it, that's just an example. There's certain things, like especially with the hats, and like you know with the beanies, yep. they're 
one one month and then they're gone the next. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I was wondering, Graham, would you have any like special code that you could give our listeners this week for your site? Uh yes. Uh I can we can do fifteen percent off. Fifteen percent off. Yeah. Good. Uh for the month of November. For the month of November. Uh, which we are now in. Yep. Sure. All you have yep. to do is when you check out, uh, enter into the coupon code fifteen off. That's so one five O F F. No percent sign, just O F F. That's right. Nice. Hear that first here, listeners. That's what we do for you. We we bully these people. I mean, we convince them to <laughs> spread the message of Ah oh, heck, just go type in the code and save money. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm going to. As soon as payday rolls around. Yes. Which is tomorrow. Payday is Yay. So Graham. Yes. If that's your real name, you like paintball and you sell awesome products, but we're also a mill sim show. So we're not just about paintball, even though, you know, usually I'm outnumbered here. Um, well, you know, well, you know, so I am also an airsoft guy. Okay. Don't judge me. Okay. okay. I like airsoft. So with that in mind, your products, like you got the gloves and stuff like that. Is there other things? that you're looking at maybe doing specifically for the Aerosoft side, or are you you keeping your products strictly s- straight middle of the line so it's kind of paintball? That's a, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not specifically making anything for Airsoft. Okay. But I'm Armagillo is a company that blurs the boundaries between things. Uh, I was told once that Armagillo was one of the few brands that uh, was neither MagFed nor Speedball. It was the okay. one that both sides could could agree on. Uh, and I thought that was really that was really cool to hear. And I, as a company, I want to have a product that can go into either Speedball or into MagFed or onto the streets or in into any environment, into the gym, into Airsoft, uh, I'd like to have something that people want to wear everywhere uh, okay. or find other uses for. Uh, I don't want to be specifically into one little piece of of the industry. Uh, and it's not because I want to try and find ways to sell as much stuff as I can in different industries. It's I feel like when you buy something, you get more enjoyment out of it if you're able to use it more often in for different purposes. You know, I, I like to buy hats because I can wear a hat at the gym. I can wear, I have a nice hat somewhere else. I, you know, you can wear it everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, with Airsoft, I know that the market prefers more Milsim, uh, military looking gear, uh, a lot of black colors and camo. They're not, they don't, at least from my experience, they don't seem very big on, on the bright colors at all. Whereas paintball, there's a lot more of that. So I do make sure that I have products that would appeal to them on a visual standpoint. Okay. Uh, I did recently sell a couple products into the Speed QB market in California. I don't know if you've okay. heard of Speed QB. 
Say that again? Speed QB. Speed QB. Yeah. He's, he's, looking, to, he's looking it up right now as he speaks. Yeah, you should look it up. So I am looking it up. I, I haven't watched a whole bunch of Airsoft uh, videos, but uh, I got contacted by a guy who does the Speed QB thing, which he's says is this uh, up-and-coming form of Airsoft that's really uh, becoming very popular. Yes. And it's just like high-speed, close-quarter Airsoft. Yeah, because there's the, the – it's kind of like the – the one thought, school of thought for airsoft is you go out and you do these mill sim scenarios and you march around for hours and you recce positions and you do the whole immersion thing. And then there's the other side where it's let's just grab our markers, go out, clear fields, clear buildings, and just constant, you know, full 30-minute games, blast everything, get through, do your little mission, and then off you go and do another one, right? Take a break, go back in. Yeah. So the two schools of thought is one – the immersion side and you feel like in the army because you're walking around getting blisters on your feet and then then you find an enemy or you get ambushed and then the other side is I'm going in I'm clearing this level I'm playing with my guys we're having fun it's the intense and then you have your break yeah so I mean I watched a couple of videos of this stuff and it looked pretty intense and yeah. some of the injuries the forehead injuries particularly which seemed pretty nasty uh, but it and I'm not sure whether it's just this particular team or if it's the way they play the game but they're in an indoor environment uh, with a lot of buildings, and it seems a little dim, like most uh, indoor fields are. But when they fire it around, uh, they have a flash on their on their gun that that flashes as the rounds fired, and they'll go full auto with that. So it's almost like a strobe, yes. but it makes it really easy to track who's being shot and where shots are going. So it's it's really cool as a as a spectator. Because you'll see someone open fire and you'll see the flashes and you'll see that BB light up in the, in the light, uh, as it travels to the, the target. And I thought that could be a cool thing for paintball too, uh, for some of the indoor fields to consider. Yeah, uh, so you can get the glow paint and then, uh, you can get your bolt modified so it lights up the round yeah. and yeah. gives it that quick, fast charge. The equipment is pretty expensive to start. And it's a throw on rentals, but it is fascinating to, uh, to get going. Like it's, it's one that we're going to get into at my field once we got some more infrastructure in and the airsoft ones, um, you don't have to buy the actual flash, uh, for the end of your barrel. Mm-hmm. One of my, one of the guys I ran into, uh, I was talking to about it. He actually just got a couple of LEDs, moved his hop up, put him inside, ran the wires to his battery and, there you go. And it cost them $15, I think, to do the whole conversion. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really cool. Yeah, I'm not sure if they, how the airsoft markers do it. I, I was thinking it's an external flashlight that's just uh, wired to the trigger. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks cool. It uh, it looks fun. And, like, so to, uh, to answer your question, yeah, that I do consider airsoft when I work on a head protection item. Because when it comes down to it, it's just, it doesn't matter what's flying at your head. It, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt and protection is going to work. I mean, if there are other industries that can benefit from uh, some armadillo head protection, then well, they just need to make me aware of it and I'll take them into consideration when I'm doing the design. You're more than willing to take their money in return for that product. Well, I just, I like to make products that have uses across the board. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, when I get a product, I like it to be able to be customizable if possible so that people can adjust it to their type of play or uh, their sport. Well, that's the best way. Nobody wants to have to buy like six different things for Well, you end up six buying different six situations. different things, but you can <laughs> six different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that you know what? That uh, Sorry, I was just watching video of that. And it looked exactly like uh, the MegFed League we run here, except indoors. Yeah, and, that, and that's what the idea of it is. is It's quick, fast games. So those injuries they're getting to their foreheads and stuff is because they're going so fast, going into areas. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's intense, and it is just like our the MML that's uh, here in Atlantic Provinces. So that's pretty cool that they're asking you for help with their gear and advice uh, and that opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always interesting to see new markets. You know, uh, I like to learn new things. If it's something I do or not, I mean, I've never played airsoft. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of time to take on new fun things, but yeah, but, uh, it's it's always interesting to see. And if I can improve somebody else's enjoyment of a sport, doesn't matter what that sport is, I'm a hundred percent down. Nice, as the way it should be. Mm-hmm. None of this elitist nonsense. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, I'm out of I'm out of questions, but no, uh, for Graham not. at least, no, you're not. Well, no, but for um, I wanted to talk about something you're doing, Jester. Actually, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I want to talk pants about back was on? it? Well, yeah, she put your pants back on. <laughs> uh, was it girls and guns or guns and girls or girls and guns? I wanted to call it tits and tactics. <laughs> <laughs> But I well, was, Valkyrie said no and then hit you? No, I got voted off between Cheese and Valkyrie and Jukebox. I guess they came up with a different name. So <laughs> I'm not really even in charge of this project. What it is is uh, the girls' in-house team, Valkyrie, Cheese, and Jukebox, uh, have decided that they would like to do a clinic for new female players into the sport. So if you've played a little bit before or have never played at all, you still come in. Uh, they have 20 slots. It's catered. You know, lunch is provided. You come in in the morning. There's a couple uh, classroom-style lectures on on what the sport is, how to play, safety rules, what the marker does, then some basic gear and stuff. And then we even have a section on nutrition because at Jester's, we approach it as a sport, not just as an activity. So we give you that whole athlete background to it. And then after that, they take them to the range, they do some firing, they do some different tactics and skills. See, tactics and tits would have worked great. And the end of the day, they actually go out and do a couple different missions, and then it culminates with them playing against each other uh, and having a great time. And that's the goal, is for them to have a great time and have the tactical experience and positive experience of playing in a testosterone free zone so there's no intimidation it's just you're being taught by a bunch of girls uh you're learning from active players so you know and they come from the same different walks of life you got you know whatever i'm trying not to be unpolitically correct here so (laughs) it's painful isn't it it's tricky it's tricky you have other women teaching other women uh that are new to the sport how to play and how to have fun and what it's like and hopefully do some recruiting for their team as well and, and build it up that way. And then they're going to do a couple missions um, that we have four generic ones 
their, that we run, uh, with new players and then they'll have that experience to go home. So it's not like going to the field for the first time and it's like, here's your marker, here's your, your, your rounds. The field's over that way. The ref will blow the whistle. It's that background to it. We're trying to do it in a positive way that, uh, more women will gravitate towards it. So they feel positive. Like a couple weeks ago, Valkyrie got to play in her first big game in uh, Hillsborough in Moncton here. And she rocked it. She defended the trench for about 10 minutes by herself, took out everybody with, with double taps to the chest. And there was a group of girls, uh, teenage girls between 15 to 20 of age. And they saw her playing. Her marker went down. Uh, so she couldn't play anymore because she doesn't want to play with anything but Milsig. Um, she's stubborn that way. So they saw her playing and her ferocity that they were like, you know what? We're playing too. So all of a sudden my team of 10 jumps to, uh, you know, 16. And we had to kind of rebalance out the teams. But all the girls were like, no, we're staying on his team and we're playing here and we're doing this. And they watched her play and her, her ferocity and, and skills set. They saw it and they were just so confident after seeing this woman on the field. And so they were like, you know what? I can go take on my boyfriend. I can go shoot my brother in the junk, you know? Like, I'm, I'm not scared. <laughs> and that's what we want to keep instilling is, like, this is a sport that is great for everybody all ages. You know, all genders, like, all, yeah, all genders is correct these days. So all genders, all ages can come play paintball. And I, I think you agree with me on that statement there, Graham, that it's paintballs for everybody. It's not an elite thing. Or think of another sport where you can have any sex, any age, any anything. Like if you're human, you can play on the same field as everyone else. Like there's no exactly. other sport like that. No, there isn't. Every other sport is broken down by age, gender, experience levels and stuff. And this here, like you look at stuff that Bricktop's doing, him and uh, Energy, they're grabbing all the rental kids and building a team with them and giving them that experience and they're going to come back. And to build this sport we have to honestly approach it as a sport and do recruitment things like this and do clinics and you know we're not going to make a million dollars doing it that'd be wicked but if i'm trying to make a million dollars i'm not growing the sport because as a field owner you have to bring in as many people and make it and this is one of my favorite terms lately that valkyrie throws out there inclusive you have to make your sport inclusive mm-hmm. yeah you know just make it fun and i I'm not sure. I'm always looking at a, at something else that a paintball field could offer on the side because I feel like it'd be nice if some people are just never going to play paintball, right? No. I mean, it's unlikely that your grandmother's going to come and play paintball, but perhaps she'd want to come and watch, or perhaps she'd like to come and do something else if there's something else for them to do. Kind of like when a guy gets dragged to a mall. You, you find yes. something else to keep you occupied. And it would be nice if some paintball fields had something unrelated to paintball that would, but would still mesh well, um, for, for spectators or just for people who, who kind of want to go hang out at the same place as their significant other or their, you know, something like that. So what you're saying is we need a sports bar. Built into the field. Uh, sports bar, swimming pool, something like that. I think. Oh, swimming pool would be badass. Don't you well, think? We have a, we're, we're developing a gym to go on our side. So if you've got, uh, well, we also have a bounce castle too, right? So 
You got to make it. That's that, you got to have everything for everybody, but still, like we do the physical training aspect of it. So if you never want to play a game of paintball, but you like the shooting and you like to do physical activity and kind of, you know, not CrossFit, but um, multi-sport functionality is what I yeah. call it because. I've done. Let's be honest here. Running on a treadmill is boring as hell. Well, yeah, unless you're shooting at uh, zombie pop-up targets at the same time. Like, exactly. So if you're, yeah, if you're not playing, if you don't want to be on a two-way range, well, we have one-way ranges and one-way range activities that you can do to keep you interested. So Grandma can come out, blast off a few. I had one of uh, my my volunteers. She brought her brother and her dad out. Her dad's sixty-seven, I think, and he was more aggressive. And she's a very aggressive player, but he got out there and I had my, uh, fire lane going and he ran through the targets like he was 19 again. Um, <laughs> like seriously, he just ripped right through it and he had a blast. So he got into a fist fight with one of the targets. Oh yeah. He jumped into the trench and he was like, ah, <laughs> had the trench tool going, something about just hacking and slashing Woody's fun time, happy hour or something. And not. <laughs> yeah, seriously though, he he just had a blast. And then we've had other people that come out and they look at the paintball and they're like, because mm, it's a larger caliber. But when I bring out the airsoft, they're like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then they can do more precision shots with that than just you know blasting in a, a generic area and, and hitting a, a a grouping of two feet. They can actually do smaller with the airsoft. And we also have the laser biathlon targets and everything. So you have that plethora, which. It's funny you mention all this stuff, uh, Julian, because it's echoing kind of what I'm hearing from Graham about how he approaches his products is that it's not just one item for one set. It's a whole wide open. I'm actually doing hand signs, like, like I'm expressing with my hands right now, like I'm making a pizza, is that you have this large plethora that you can offer to people that they can still draw from and customize to themselves personally to reflect who they are and what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. And that was deep thoughts with Jester. Wow. Yeah. Bam. I wasn't paying attention at all. Yeah, I know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> and Grant's, Grant's laughing for me. Wicked. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I'm not sure where to go after that. <laughs> to the field. That was, to the field. Exactly. I'm inspired. I need to go paintball now. I've yep. got I've got the seal in my hands, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go paintball. <laughs> nice. Field's not open. They don't know I'm there. But I'm going to get paintball. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, speaking of fields, I just wanted to, uh, I came across a really interesting thing today, and I was talking to a few people about it. Uh, Mark Hayes, Haynes? H-Y-N-E-S. Okay. Haynes, yeah. Haynes, he is doing a, and I guess they do this every year, um, a paintball game on Remembrance Day, but they're not doing it at the same time as Remember Say, they're doing it in the afternoon. And mm-hmm. the reason I, I started talking to him was I saw Poppies on his ad for it at Hypersports. And I said, oh, is this a, a fundraiser or something? He said, no. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what's the Poppies? He's like, well, it's on Remembrance Day, and we do this every year. And I was like, oh, okay. And you got to be careful because sometimes on Facebook, people can get offended really easily yeah, and exactly. then destroy you. Well, that or they can you can just spiral sideways. But this conversation didn't. It was very open. And then somebody else is like, well, you know, do we have to raise money to show support? And I was like, no, hey, I'm a vet. And, you know, just knowing that people are taking that time, because every year, from what I'm told, is they have a moment of silence again at the game before they even start playing. 
So that's cool. Yeah. So I th- I thought that was very respectful. So I just wanted to give a little shout out to them. Um, it's Hyper Sports. So I want to make sure I'm saying that right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Hyper Sports Hypersports yep. in Nova Scotia. Hyper Sports in Nova Scotia. Um, they're stating uh, in the afternoon. Uh, any time after 12 so people can get from the ceremonies and stuff and the uh, cenotaphs and whatnot and get to it then they're going to do another um, moment of silence in respect and then play some paintball and I think that that's great because um, Remembrance Day isn't a day to just off work yeah it, well it's, it's not just a day to be solemn too either it's like okay like embrace the fact that the, this has happened and that we have our freedom and then go enjoy it in a safe, lawful way. Like, go out and have a good time. Enjoy your friends and family that you have the ability to play with and, and spend time with. So I, I, I was really, really impressed with, uh, with the fact that he's doing this and having that moment of silence. So good on them is all I have to say. Very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Because I know it's a lot of people would have that, uh, that mentality of it's kind of a – I don't know. To do anything on Remembrance Day, some people always find it feels weird. Yes, but I mean, I think it's great. I would love to go uh, to a paintball game on Remembrance Day. Yeah, and and I'm not saying this to make anybody offended or anything, but our legions um, do need more membership. They do, they do need more of things, and they are getting smaller and and whatnot. But it, the legion isn't the place to hang out for everybody on Remembrance Day, and it shouldn't be the no. place that we only go on Remembrance Day. It should be something that's there, to, you know, uh, more often. Because there's a lot of good stuff and services they have, so for people to say, you know, I'm gonna go with my friends and do this other healthy uh, oxygen-driven sport, hey, give her, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the end of my soapbox. Fantastic. Yeah. So now on that incredibly uh, uh, deep and inspirational speech, I think we're gonna end it. We're gonna end we're it. Gonna, okay, hold yeah. hold on, hold on. I gotta check my notes here. Uh, Graham gave us that wicked, wicked, uh, listeners, you got this, 15% off for November. So that's pretty awesome. Thank you, Graham. Uh, on behalf of all five of our listeners. <laughs> Bill. Yeah, so you should get about three orders. Yeah, well, Valkyrie's <laughs> already online right now looking at stuff. Uh, as soon as she heard me say the, the uh, percentage out loud, she was gone. 15% off. Yeah, puff of smoke, that's, Oof, that's... like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> And Bill, I know you're listening, and I'm still looking for a good American beer. Um, so good luck with that. <laughs> and they're hard to find, to tell you. Yeah. And then we got. Uh, don't forget to check out uh, Danny Forge Tactical's uh, website. There with awesome good articles with him and Hooligan and uh, Cheesy and uh, can't forget Valkyrie's name. They write stuff for yep. him. Uh, great resource. Graham is Armagillo Gear. Like I am not one to give into uh, fads or mass media or whatever, and Armagillo gear is none of that. So I will be buying some and wearing it because it is really, really nice gear, very functional. I have tried some out. Thank you, Raza. And don't forget to like Hooligan's page for this podcast. And. Yeah, I'm just trying to fill more time. <laughs> you're just filling. You're just trying to keep things going. Eh? You don't have the other two to go in circles. Well, yeah, I I got two things I can say quickly. Um, okay. One, I have the uh, the winter package right now with a hoodie and a beanie, and that's already got a discount on it. So if you throw the fifteen percent on that, you're going to be getting a crazy deal. Oh, uh, look at that! 
And for all you Milsim guys out there, I know it's been a little bit of a dry spell with uh, with green, but uh, I have olive inserts coming soon. Ooh. Ooh. When's the suppressor coming back? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it'll be back soon as well. Uh, probably early December. Oh, I have to wait till early December? Oh, that's only a month it away. Be, it could be sooner. Okay, I'll wait. I'll see what I can do to, to move that forward. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah, I want one of those, and I want a beanie, and I want a hoodie, and I want, and I want, and I want, and I want. And he wants. Yeah, so, Jester, I need you to buy this stuff all for me. Oh, okay, yeah, you, Valkyrie, <laughs> Dusty, yeah, whoever else, just throw them on my list. Sweet. Graham, I'll just awesome. give you my credit card, and every month you can take all my money, okay? Sure, I'll add you to the list. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Not even just for just have the post office forward the paycheck. Yeah, just the whole paycheck, right, right over. Wicked. Okay, cool. So Graham, awesome uh, having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always fun. Yeah, <laughs> second, uh, still good the second time, right? Even better. Nice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was super cool. Good to talk about Armadillo. Sweet discount. So that's awesome, uh, Jester. Thanks for you know coming on and not just. Taken off like the other two. Hey, well, you know. You got nothing else to do. You got nothing better to do. Not really. Right. <laughs> but when I do, you'll know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I will, because you'll be doing it while on the podcast. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, and by right the on. way, those that are listening at home, uh, I almost forgot the TCR from last time. It has been sent to Tipman, it's under their warranty because the damage or the, the faultiness of it was something that was actually beyond Blitzkrieg's control. That TCR is in good hands and will be back on the field shortly. So it wasn't in good hands with you? Oh, it was in great hands with me. It was just not in good hands before it got to me. <laughs> well, it's probably because, you know, he smashed into things. Yeah, well, you know, we're supposed to be wrapping this up, okay? Yeah, we are. Okay, cool. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, fellas, again, thank you for coming on. For everyone listening, uh, or at least, you know, having us on in the background, that's, that's still cool too. Subliminal. Thanks for downloading or streaming. Subliminal messages. Subliminal messages. We'll start doing that. We'll have just, I'll put a soundtrack in the background. Suddenly you'll see Armadillo sales go through the roof. Wicked. <laughs> yep, excellent. So, alright guys, everyone, thanks. It was awesome. Thank you. And, uh, everyone until next week, cheers.